Hey, Podcast Nation. Today's episode on Two Brothers Experience Podcast is on risk and failure. Enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are live here again today with Two Brothers TV. JRW here is my Instagram handle. I'm on Twitter with JRW as well. That's JR underscore D-U-B underscore U-U-U. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, you name it, I'm on it. So uh, if you want to follow me, go ahead and do that. I would greatly appreciate getting to know you or you sharing some of your content and getting to know me or vice versa. So we're here with another episode today with my brother, the one and only Isaac Weirman. Use camera, right? I just go live. He is going to be interviewing me today. and We're going to be talking about risks slash failures or failure slash risks. And we're going to be going over all that and the whole nine. So that's the plan. And that's the, that's the episode for Two Brothers TV today. So yeah, it- well, so once again, JRW, you, Isaac Werman, you can follow me at Isaiah Soul on Instagram, Isaiah, Isaiah on Soul on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, uh, Snapchat, all the platforms as Isaiah Soul. This is my personal Facebook page. And today I'm going to be interviewing my brother about his experience and opinion on, on risk and failure. So we'll break it down and he can share some prime examples of his life and how he took risk and prime examples of how he has failed and how risk is good. Taking risk is good. Obviously you want to calculate your risk. You don't want to be too crazy, but like how risk is good and how it's okay to fail. Like those are topics that America isn't selling us on and that everyone, a lot of people live through life where they don't take risk and they, they view failure as something that's bad. So I'm going to interview my brother and ask him some questions because he's usually the one doing the interviews. And it should be about 20 to 30 minutes long on this interview today. So we hope you guys enjoy and we'll, we'll, we'll uh, start off with that. So Rambo, as I call him, what, let's start off, I want to start talking off by failure. I want you to touch on how you see how people view failure, and then I also want you to touch on how you currently view failure and some experiences with that that has transformed the way you view you view failure. Man, this is really interesting topic. I love the topic of failure and risk, and I just want to touch on since I was younger, I've always been a huge competitor, and I've always just naturally like the competition and I think there's a big correlation between competition and risk because when you look at it I mean sports were a part of my life from the very beginning and I loved sports and I still do but I even love business more so I just think there's such a direct correlation between business sports and risk that it's not even funny because like once you go in an arena of some kind of sport, you're just, you can't hide anything. There's something about a stadium or arena that makes you vulnerable. You can't fake being an athlete. You can't fake being a baseball player or a track runner. You have to have it and it has to show up. And that's what I love so much about running a business. And that's where I find the fascination and the risks of running a business and the fascination of being vulnerable within a business is because you can like, lean into all that naturally and it's it's an arena of essentially competition and risk taking to me it's the ultimate level of risk being in business all and like there's nothing more risk than being in business let's just be real anyone that's ever been in business me myself i had a moving company fail it was 
there's a lot of risk involved and the bigger you get the, the harder the fall so for me i've just always had a natural inclination for risks and adventure and that's why at a young age i started traveling i was 21 okay, which... i want you to answer my question though about i think it's all great stuff but about failure specifically about how you see how people view my question was i want you to answer is how you see how people view failure from your experience, when you connect with others and talk yep. to people, how they view failure, and I want you to, to share about how you view failure today and your experience with failure specifically. Yeah, so that's what I was leading up to with all that traveling is because for me, a big part of my first risks I've ever took were travel. So once, but I see the failure of you today. Yeah, the risk is different though, not anything with risk right now. But I want yeah. to focus on failure. We yeah, can talk failure, about risk after. Failure today I view as negative. People view failure as negative. They think it's bad, 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 bad. And really, failure is something that's positive. If you look at failure, it's something that shows that you were willing to put yourself in a situation that you might not have been fit equipped to handle but you were you were making yourself vulnerable and putting yourself in a position to have uh growth because in order to succeed and grow you have to have failures when i was lifting weights in the gym five days six days a week i pushed myself to fail daily and when i did that i was consistently getting stronger and before you knew it within six months i was incredibly incredibly strong so failure to me is directly correlated to positivity and strength and growth and nowadays everyone looks at failure like you have to give everyone a, uh, a constellation prize because you don't want the kid feeling bad because he lost but i really think that it's a good thing and to reinforce that it's okay to lose and it's okay to fail because that's where you find the strength and the growth and the transformation is through failures you gain through that experience for me it all comes through empiricism which is the experience of learning learning through experiencing can you give a couple examples of that you mentioned a moving business before and i know you you've gone through your, and i know that's something you mentioned before so i think touch on on your experience with a moving business and just touch on failures that you've gone through and how you and how that's good like just share that a little bit a couple specific examples in your life on how you failed and how that was actually good for you that experience and how that has changed you till you are today thanks for asking that because that's a big part of who i am today and a big part of my life up to this point and when i hear gary v touch on it i it, i just make so much sense shout to out me. gary v shout out gary v the man the legend so it's for shout me out. it makes so much sense because day one i mean you look back at my life with losing my mom my biggest loss became my biggest w and it was my mom so at the time i was a complete mess i was immature irresponsible had very little work ethic had very little discipline had lacking in every area of life and when i lost my mom it pushed me to have to grow it pushed me to have to be a better man and it pushed me to have to go through some uncomfortable challenging things but it was actually today if i look back on it the most valuable precious experience for me because it made me it gave me that that chip on my shoulder to want to do and sh like strive to do things and be good because my mom worked so hard and sacrificed so much it gave me the desire to be a better person it gave me the ambition and the drive and all these things there was so much positive that came from that pain but ultimately it was the pain and suffering of losing her that I used. I decided to use that as a motivation anytime I found myself in a situation or anytime I looked at trying to give up on life, I'd be like, my mom never would give up and my mom gave so much for us. So that's one example of extreme pain and suffering that was difficult and challenging and was ultimately probably my most valuable experience. And there's multiple more with the moving company. Yeah, give me an example of how you failed. I don't even like to use the word failure, but just give me an example of how someone might view uh, starting a business and having it not stay 
um, actively running, I forget the, how, how someone might view starting a business and then shutting a business down as a failure and how that experience for you having done that with the moving business, how that has shaped who you are today. Yeah, that was really challenging and difficult situation with the moving company because once I got into running it and opening opening that business, I realized in order to make a business succeed at that point, in order to scale something, that you had to almost live fearlessly. You couldn't have fear coexisting with growth. So in order to make a business grow and scale or anything work, you have to operate in a somewhat of a fearless sense, in a calculated sense. So I was taking all of my income that I was generating and trying to re-roll it back into the business to try and build it up into a machine that was well run and well operated that could produce more money. So I took most of my money instead of spending it on flashy cars and clothes and, and things and I was living in the office that I was working out of and I was reinvesting it into the moving company. I actually went from having no moving trucks and no employees within six months to having about five full-time, just shy of five full-time employees and owning two moving trucks within less with less than six months and we made just around shy of $300,000 in less than six months. And it was an incredible experience because I learned how you must operate in, in a fearless sense, reinvesting in your business and make customers the priority, be customer centric. But the number one thing I learned from all of it is just that experiences are the most valuable because now today when I sit here, even though it didn't fully work out, the experience I'm bringing with you today came from that. Yeah. And I really think that experiences are the most valuable thing because that's what brings me my knowledge. And there's a lot of other things we could dive into about the business that it brought me understanding of how important it is to be prompt with communication with customers. I understood when I was doing lead generation and sales that you had to be prompt and professional. The, in, the minute someone requested a service or interacted with you, you had to be prompt. You had to be quick to talk to them and interact with them. And being efficient in communication and prompt in communication and consistent in communication was so, so crucial to the success of my business. So true. So I was pushing that all the time when I was in sales. I was the one. So maintaining that founder's mentality and maintaining an innovator's dilemma were two of the things that I learned were essential to my success in my business, which was being a frontline employee, focusing on the frontline employees and their happiness, maintaining that my company has culture, my guys have, they're rested, they have energy, and they're not irritable. Those are three characteristics that I think were huge signs that we were doing well. When we had energy, when we were positive, upbeat, non-irritable, and we were content. And then when I, when you start to lose that culture in a business, it's really a red flag. I want to, uh, I want to uh, ask you though, if you could talk about what, that's all great stuff, by the way. Thank you for sharing that information. If you haven't heard about the founder's mentality, my brother talks about that a lot. And what was the other one called? Innovator's Dilemma. Innovator's Dilemma. Shout out to them. I would like you to answer though on a very general topic here, not so specific on business terms, because I think this is important for not only business, but just people that are listening. Bringing value. About, um, very simply here, when it comes to failure and kind of bringing this back to being uncomfortable and growing in life, how failure forced you to be uncomfortable and how being uncomfortable and kind of getting kicked in the butt a little bit, how that has forced you to grow. So like, I want you, if you can, just to share about that very simple thing about how failure and going through that process, and you mentioned fear, is uncomfortable. 
but how it sounds like what you're saying is being uncomfortable forced you to learn how to grow in that situation. It's made you change and be a better person and a better businessman. So if you can just kind of talk a little bit about being uncomfortable, about how failure has done that for you, and then how that's forced you to grow, or change caused you to grow, not necessarily forced you. Yeah, so ultimately, once you realize that, once you start living a little bit and taking risks, you start to realize that discomfort is where the growth takes place. So like at a young age, I was 21 working on a landscaping crew and I realized like I started to look around and assess what other people were doing and how a lot of my friends were going to college and doing the tr traditional American thing. And a lot of them weren't necessarily the happiest people and they weren't able to pursue their passions and they were just working a job to make money to try and one day have experiences maybe. And I realized, okay, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do that. So I leaned that day. I literally leaned into the decision of doing things that were fearful, or I felt a little fear about and uncomfortable. So literally, that was the day that pushed me to to book a ticket one way to Hawaii. And it was the bet. It was the most fearful decision I've ever made. I'm not gonna lie. I had fear. Like the minute my dad dropped me off at the airport, and I have my two bags, and I have a pocket with $800 cash only. I was scared. I had a moment where I was like, wow, I'm flying halfway across the world with very little, I don't know anyone in Hawaii, have very little connections. And it was a little, it was incredibly un uncomfortable and I'm not gonna lie, I was fearful somewhat. But then there was a minute where I was like, okay, this is exactly what I wanna be doing because if I wanna be different, I have to be, I have to take the actions that are different. And that means doing the challenging and difficult things that no one else is doing. And booking a one-way ticket to Hawaii is the primary best example of this because then next thing you know, I'm living on a yacht in Hawaii and I meet a, beat, a sculptor named Kim Duffett, who's a master sculptor and I spent the next approximately two years just shy of sculpting bronze statues and uh, we sculpted uh, two life-size bronze statues. Kim uh, uh, Duffett uh, got a contract to sculpt Don Ho and Gabby Pa Nuhi, which Gabby Pa Nuhi is famous for his famous slack uh, slack key guitar playing. He invented a lot of those styles. And then Don Hall is famous for his TV show and his tiny bubbles. So the most fearful thing I've ever done and the most uncomfortable, challenging thing I've ever done, the minute I did it and I then I found myself in this in sculpting statues with him in his studio, I was in my head, I was like, this makes so much sense. The bigger the task, the more fearful and the more abnormal it is, if you lean into it and take that route, it's gonna lead to the things that no one else has has done or achieved or obtained. So everyone is a lot, a lot of people I would say, I don't wanna say I'm right or wrong, it's just my perspective. They wanna be different, but at the same time, they're trying to fit in. So they don't want, if you, like if I told you how difficult and challenging that time in Hawaii was, a lot of people would never sign up for it. Like, it was amazing. I would never say it's anything short, but it was incredibly challenging. and It took incredible sacrifice. I was at times, down to a very small amount of money and living out of my Subaru. But guess what? It was the most incredible experience and most precious experience and the most valuable experience one of in my life. So that's a primary example of doing something that other people don't do. They talk about always wanting to go to Hawaii, but they, and when I bring it up, they're like, oh, I wish I could do that. Well, guess what? I was uh, 21 years old and I had very little experience in anything very little tools and I made it work. I, went, I flew to Hawaii and I sculpted bronze statues. So, I mean, that's the primary example of leaning into fear, doing uncomfortable things, and then great and then the great things coming out of it. How would you define failure in one sentence? How would I define failure in one sentence? 
Man, that's a really, really good you question. You've mentioned it before. I know the answer, but I'm going to let you say it. Failure is only quitting. Yeah, you never give... If you don't quit, yeah. you don't fail. I've heard you say that. So why don't you yeah. just talk a little bit about that, and then we'll kind of carry into risk as we get... And we'll kind of transition into the topic of risk after this, which you've kind of already dabbled in. But just kind of do a little bit of talk, if you can, on how you think only failing is if you're quitting. Otherwise, viewing things as lessons, I think, is more important, and you've touched on that before. So if you could just touch on that a little bit, about how failure is... The true definition of failure is only if you quit. And I agree with that, and I want you to touch on that because you haven't brought that up yet, and and then we'll kind of get into risk a little bit more specifically about risk-taking. Yeah, 100%. So you're right. So that's a famous, like, Babe Ruth quote. There's a few people that have said it. I'm a huge sports guy, so I, I, I always think about Babe Ruth when I think about that quote. But, yeah, you ultimately, like he said, it's a lesson more than it is a failure. And you don't, you can never fail unless you give up on life, unless you decide, I'm done, I'm never doing this again, but this is why dreams are so essential because a lot of people have quit dreaming. They're stuck between, they're stuck in between taking risks, getting out of their comfort zone and having success. So which I say is when you're stuck in between winning and losing, there is no dreaming. It's because they're stuck in that zone of not really pursuing their dreams and in comfort without really leaning into the discomfort that we're talking about. So if you don't, if you never give up on your dreams, you still have a chance and you have never, you're not, you, you can't lose until you quit and give up, period, until it's over. So for me, that's why it's a big part of what I do. I want to die on my own sword. I want to say when I look back on my life that I gave 110% into the things that I love and the things that I wanted to pursue and made them my priorities over the societal society norms and values of like people just spending all their time pursuing money and caring about what other people think, pursuing fancy cars and clothes. I want to make sure that when life's over, I spent my time dying on my sword and pursuing my passions for profit and that I gave it 110%. And I always want to keep dreaming and pursuing my dreams because that's where I find the energy, the passion, and the discipline and sacrifice to pursue those goals. Awesome. Awesome. I agree with that stuff. I think that's... I think as long as you don't give up, I think that... Um, just never quitting, man. I think... And, and that's a great perspective, I think, to have in life is that... Look at life as a student and that life is the teacher and that the teacher will teach us lessons. And sometimes the lessons, the lessons can be hard or difficult or tiring or feel like, man, it's never going to stop. But if I remain a student and look at that way, I'm able to be more humble and actually learn from that lesson that life's teaching me and hopefully not repeat it again. And that's where the growth comes and that's when uh, people start to see success. And that's my experience as well. And I think as long as people don't give up and don't quit and stay hopeful, I feel like everyone can be successful and follow their passion and follow their heart. I'd like to cater into risk and how a lot of people look at risk as a bad thing. And I think risk is good. I think taking risk is good. And you've already mentioned traveling to Hawaii, doing that, and uh, starting a business and a moving business, which those are obviously take, take risks when you do those things. But kind of talk about that specifically and how you think risk is good. And then also kind of just like how when people are in their younger in their 20s, and I, and I think they should that should be when the younger you are, the more risky you should be. Um, kind of talk about that a little bit and how you did that in your 20s, you know, and how you're, you know, in your late 20s, now entering your 30s and how, how you know how to calculate risk a little better as well. So kind of just share a little bit about that. Yeah, so... I mean, this is basically what's 
the whole America sells you concept is the risk verse at a young age versus taking on debt and not being risk averse at a young age. So I honestly what does risk averse mean just quickly. It's just being more willing to put yourself in risk situations and putting yourself in risk on a consistent, taking more risk and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations on a more regular basis. And we're talking non-threatening, non-life threatening is what we're talking about. Yeah. Boys, we're not talking about jumping off a hundred foot cliff every week and, and doing stuff that could kill you. Like we're talking about just like taking risks, simple risks, like moving, starting a business, maybe moving out of your parents' house, maybe, you know, quitting your job and just doing something that you're more passionate about. We're talking about risk that isn't crazy. Yeah, like we're not Most type- people look, think of that's crazy. It's like nothing here that's going to cause you to be homeless or uh, yeah, in we're jail not- or dead. So I just 100%. That. Good, good job with you that. You might be homeless a little bit, but... Good job with that, man, because that's crucial. Not life-threatening risks. Ideally, we're talking about risks that are calculated and planned and well-executed with strategy, with guidance, with a perspective with a purpose, with a mission, like all those things. We're not just talking about blindly playing Russian roulette in your in your bedroom or kitchen. So, yeah, we're talking about ways that people can pursue their passions for profit. And t- there is risk involved with that, obviously, but it's, it is a calculated risk. So for me, I just think at a young age, I was, tw- like, as I said, 21, 22, starting my risk taking with traveling to Hawaii with a one-way ticket. I think I would recommend that to everyone. That's where I found the ability to take on bigger tasks and do so confidently and face things that were uncomfortable and challenging because then I realized after I took that one-way ticket to Hawaii and I sculpted those life-size bronze statues, like I honestly realized my capabilities and my strengths and I also realized my vulnerabilities and my weaknesses. Like it helped me find, there's nothing to this day that has helped me find my self-awareness more other than the moving company, my mom dying, and traveling with a one-way ticket to Hawaii. So I've also lived in nine other, I've lived in nine states total, not just Hawaii, but that was the most prominent experience. And so at a young age, I didn't think that going to college and getting a degree and being in debt was the path that for me, I wanted to take. For some people that might be the case, but I didn't want to end up with a bunch of debt at a young age with a degree and then being stuck working a basic nine to five degree job that a lot of people end up working just to pay down their college debt and make the bills and make the ends meet. I wanted to try and commit at that age. As I said, I had made the decision to commit to an alternative way of living so I didn't end up like those other individuals. I specifically wanted to take a path less less taken by people because I knew that's the route to being different and greatness. If you look at people that are great, they take a path that's less traveled. So that's what I'm talking about at a younger age, just being more open and less committed to debt and less committed to liabilities and obligations and more just experiences. Because as I said, experiences to me are the most valuable. It's based in the science of empiricism, which says that we learn best through experiencing and sensory experiences. So for me, all my knowledge up to this point has been gained through experiences, not through like classroom education. And for some people that's great, but for me, the best education has come from experiencing, putting myself in different arenas, in different, which means all over the country, different states, and putting myself in those different arenas and in different environments, and then finding myself able to thrive and succeed in those environments led me to self-confidence, self-awareness, and just realizing that that is where the growth comes and that is where you find uh, whether or not you have the tools it takes to succeed. And for me, 
risk is a big part of it and traveling and self-awareness and all that come now, together through the risk taking. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, I would like you to touch on also very great examples, by the way, of how to, how to take risk and how to live through experiences where I think are key things to learning how to grow and find happiness. Yeah, and that's one thing about you that I like, bro, Isaac, is that you always cater to your experiences. So, like, anytime I hear you talk about something, if you don't have experience on it, you're always like, I don't have experience on that. I'm going to defer to someone else. Like, for yeah, me, a lot of these things that I talk about, I have direct experience in. Yep, I agree. The one thing I wanted to touch on here as we wrap this up in the next few minutes is I want... So, you gave great specific examples, but now I want to think big picture here. I want to talk about, we went over a lot of great examples you went over, but, and this is what Gary Vee touches on, is getting people, how does someone get, because people have been brainwashed, and I think a lot of it's parenting, that risk is bad. I think parents want to protect their kids, and it's not just parents, and, and we live in a society that talks about, like, a lot of it's fear-based, but, like, how can someone try to get in their mind that risk isn't bad, but risk is good? Like, how can someone get out of that mindset that they've been in their whole life that their parents have taught them and always, like, hesitant towards doing something because of, of risk? So, like, that philosophy of risk is bad and changing it to risk is good. I got yeah. that. You don't need to crouch that, motherfucker. Yeah, for sure. So, risk is bad is how people look at it. How does someone change from risk is bad to risk is good? Just very simply, you shared a lot of experience, just a big picture, and, and why you think people need to get out of that perspective. Like, I think it's really need, bad. Need or how? People, well, both. I think I think it's important that people need to, and I think it's important and, and how they can. And I just want you to touch on that as we wrap this up here, in the big picture here. Like, how, why that's so important to keep in the forefront as we do everything in life. So we don't get in fear when we're taking risks. I think that's just the key here. Because if someone doesn't change their philosophy, they're not going to do those things that you did because they're still going to be stuck in thinking that taking risks is bad. This is bad. I shouldn't be doing this. My mom tells me I shouldn't be doing this. My brother, my friends, they're all telling me this. And like, how can someone just get out of that philosophy and, and get into the philosophy that risk is good? Very well, simple, and, you're, and if you could sum that up here. In a well, there's a lot of things that correlate to that. A lot of it has to do with the people. What's the most important in your mind? What's number one thing that people need to think about? Number one. Number one, it, for me, is the people I surround myself with and my self-awareness. Like, these growth steps for me are the biggest thing. Step one is auditing and awareness. So that's the number one thing to me, I would say, is crucial to being able to take on risks and to be capable of handling risk and being able to uh, conquer it is self-awareness and auditing ourselves, our income and our actions. And then you have the self-confidence and the awareness and the perspective to face these things and handle these things. But then also the second thing I would say is the biggest is the people I surround myself with, the people I'm interacting with on a regular basis because they're gonna help build me up. The things I'm not good at, my brother's amazing at. The things he might not be as great as me at, I'm good at. The people that I surround myself with can build up my defects and my shortcomings and then I can flourish on my strengths and my values. And who I surround myself with is huge as well as having the self-awareness of what I'm good at, what I'm not, what makes me happy, what makes me doesn't, what doesn't make me happy, and then being able to move forward with those and work together with other people through humility and open-mindedness to then take action and share my value that I have with the world 
through the platforms we have in 2020, such as social media and all these other avenues online and share my value through my experiences, whether it's from, from my values are different than yours, but you can share your values on those same platforms with the same tools in the same fashion, as long as you follow those steps and have direction, purpose, and a mission. Nice. Really good. And I agree with that. And I think to kind of sum this up, I think with risk, there's two things that you mentioned is like having awareness is going to be key because the more aware I am, I don't have to be in fear because I think a lot of times fear and anxiety is rooted in unknown. But if I have awareness in a plan, I have less fear. So therefore, I'm more willing to take risk. And secondly, I think it's really important to surround by people that are positive. So when we put ourselves in risky situations, it's not a negative environment where people are fearful or people are just like super negative. Like for me, like risk can be fun. Like I look at risk as fun. Like it's a board game that people play. Like there's an actual board game called risk. Like it's really fun. So I think when, when I approach risk in a way as fun, because if, if I'm taking risk on something, and if someone does, I hope it's something that you're passionate about or enjoying. You're not taking a risk just because your friends think you should or because of money. Like for me, when I'm doing something, it's as rooted in, in, in passion and love. And, and that is what makes me willing to be to take the risk. So I think if, if people can look at it from that lens, it'll be easier. And then also just like making sure that you have some form of a plan so you understand what you're doing, then that allows the unknown to be removed. And I think so many people have fear because of unknown. So I think for me, that's that's the case. It's just like right now with COVID, like, yeah, there's an unknown with that and there's risk, whatever you do, but like I can make sure that I'm doing something every day when I go out in the community. Like if I'm going into a grocery store, I can put a mask on when I'm going to the grocery store. I have a plan. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it a positive way. And, and, and though I'm taking a risky situation where a young guy like me who's asymptomatic could give someone uh, COVID. Stop like, it, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried about it because I have awareness that, hey, I have a mask that I can wear. It's reducing the risk. But I'm not being all negative about it. I'm like, oh, I have a positive and logical outlook to it. I think that's a good example. And I think to kind of sum it all up and touch it back up with failure, it's like, I do believe that failure is not part of success. Like, you don't have to fail to succeed. There are some people that have gone through life that have succeeded that haven't had tons of failure. That's okay. But, 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 there are a lot of people who haven't as well. And a lot of people have had to go through failure. And for me, what my failure is for me as well is I can learn to change my behavior because that failure is not part of my success. So if I do fail, what happens is it becomes a lesson where I learn to change my behavior. So my brother touches on pain and suffering, how that causes us to change. So if I have, I've had to gone through failures to change my behavior. They say insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So though we fail, if we can look at it as a lesson, we can change our behavior, which leads to success. And a lot of times we just won't change unless we have gone through that experience ourselves. And we will never go through that if we never take a risk and, and give ourselves the ability and the humility to fall on our face. So that's another thing I like to wrap it all up in. So I think that risk is, okay, is good and failure is okay. And the more that people can get in that lens and look at it as, and change our philosophy and attitude towards it, the more we can actually celebrate people's risks and celebrate their failures and learn it as just a lesson. Yeah. Hey man, that's a lesson. 
You learned a lesson there, move on. Now that's something that I or my brother or you can use as value to share to the world and give hope that someone else too can get through whatever they're going through. That was a rhyme. So then that way we can come together and use storytelling, which is what we're sharing here, sharing our stories and our failures to come together and help each other grow and really become who we meant to be and really find our true purpose and passion in life. And I believe we're all put here to have a purpose and our purpose is to serve and move humanity forward. And through sharing our stories and our failures, that's when the success will really come and really create that community. So that's kind of how I view all this. I don't really have much to say. We've kind of crunched our, a little bit over our time here. Is there anything else you'd like to sum up, Rambo, to end our episode today on risk and, and failure? Yeah, I just wanted to say that in general, for me and you, if you want to really assess how, many, how much success you've had in your life, the first thing to do is look at how much risk you've taken. Honestly assess, sit down, look in the mirror and look at yourself and say, to what extent have you fully pushed yourself to be in the most uncomfortable, challenging situations for your skill set and your abilities and your and your and your uh, like just overall abilities? Just how many times have you taken risks and put yourself in a situation to take like succeed? Because for me, I have a direct correlation in my life between success and risks, and all my most valuable experiences directly came from when I took the most risk. So I think that if we can, as he said, move away from a system that pushes people to not take risks and more towards an education system that helps bring people the tools needed to be equipped to take those risks, like, invent, like the growth steps. Like I just really think if we can start having people take inventories of themselves on an earlier like time period or at a, start introducing it at an earlier period in our lives, as individuals, we would have a lot more success and take, be able and equipped to take a lot more risks and pursue certain things more than before than now. If we started introducing uh, inventory of ourselves, our actions, our income, and started really pushing uh, inventory and awareness, self-awareness, self-confidence more than anything. If we could just focus on those basic tools of self-awareness and inventory of our income and actions, I really think that we would push people a lot closer to su success. Awesome, awesome, great talk, great talk. Appreciate you taking the time to let me interview today. I hope you guys enjoyed this out there. We'll have more yeah. content, more footage coming soon. A lot of this content will be chopped up in different forms on different platforms. So follow us at uh, me at Isaiah Soul on all, Isaiah Soul on Instagram and all the other platforms. Follow him at JR underscore D-U-B underscore U-U-U. And that's pretty much on every platform. And then JR Weirman on Facebook. And check them out at weirmanmedia.com. This uh, website just launched from Weirman Media. And if you're interested in connecting, we'd love to talk more, whether you're just a person who's trying to find their purpose in life, whether you're someone who wants to start a business, whether you're someone who just wants to connect and loves talking about these things. We really do love talking about these things and connecting to people and being of service and willing to share anything and experience we have to hopefully help you. So we're here to serve, we're here to help, and we're here to have fun. Thank you for listening today, and have a beautiful Tuesday out there. And don't forget to have fun, and don't forget to just keep moving forward. Don't stop, because remember, failure is only through stopping and quitting. If you just keep moving forward, success is bound to happen. Thank you, guys, and have a great day. Boom!
Two Brothers TV. Two Brothers TV. Bringing you more love. Bringing you more love. Creative storytelling brought to you. Creative Dubai. Goodbye. Goodbye. Podcast Nation. Thanks for tuning in and listening to our show. We greatly appreciate it. If you could leave us a review, we'll be featuring our reviews at the end of our show on our next episodes and future episodes. So please leave us a review and go ahead and subscribe. We would greatly appreciate it if you could do that. And thanks for tuning in.